Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on the Thought Leader Podcast, we search the world for interesting and fascinating and sometimes remarkably smart guests who are going to challenge the way you think, they're going to inform you of things that you may not have thought about, and they're going to ignite your imagination as we discuss all sorts of topics. All right, without further ado. Justin, so nice to see you again. I have to dive in. What we were talking about before the show was we were geeking out about lighting and about cameras and microphones. Tell the folks who are listening here, what's the best setup for their Zoom camera and mic and all that? What What do you think? What should people be going towards? You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind, I'm just a big fan of real backgrounds. I'm, I'm looking at you, Kent and Randy, and I feel like it's a way to show your personality. Kent's got these great guitars in the background and books, and Randy's got this amazing artwork. And I, I always hate it when I see people with virtual backgrounds, even if it's meticulously done with branding. So I feel like we're living in that age where no matter what office you're in, it's, it is a set. And so investing the time to showcase a little bit of your personality and your values through your set piece. And then, you know, I feel like as someone who's done 400 podcast episodes on my own, the first 50 that I did was with that blue snowball that's like 30 bucks on Amazon. And I always think of there's a great there is a great Onion article that says man monetizes podcast by selling his podcast equipment. And I, I always <laughs> think of that where I'm like, you know, so many people get so excited about podcasts, which is great to see. But I'm, I'm a big fan on both product development as well as with Zoom. Keep the investment as, as low as possible. And I did the first 50 with that blue snowball. So I've got a, a high all PR 40 now. I've got a great Logitech webcam. And we were talking about I'm going to be switching over to a DSLR camera for my, my video. But I feel like you don't need to do that until you've really proven out that, that Zoom or podcasting or whatever is something that's going to move the needle for you as a business. Yeah, make it look cool. Uh, so I, but I, I feel now, now that you, you've described our backgrounds, I have to say, so your background is pretty neat. We've got some uh, military medals and we've got the national parks and, and then a, a number of other things. What uh, describe all the things in your background? Yeah. You know, I, after being out of the military for 15 years, I finally got a shadow box to kind of display my medals. And it's kind of a cool piece of my history being on submarines. And then I, my mother-in-law, a couple Christmases ago, got me this puzzle that was the national parks. I love the national parks. It was a lot of fun to put it together, but I just, at the end of it, ended up framing it and, and put that up. And then I've got this little two-inch tall little figurine of, of Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers. And I watched a documentary about him a few years ago before the really popular documentary in the, the Tom Hanks movie. And I just feel like Fred Rogers is my role model for someone who lives their values, who is very strong and yet kind. And um, and then I've got a couple of plants that have uh, some outdoor scenery on them. So I I have to go deep on that. I'm I'm Mr. Rogers obsessed. And I when the craze happened, there was a, a there was a great podcast uh, series about 
Mr. Rogers that came out. And so I went even deeper and then I started reading books and this and that. Really remarkable individual who came from a rich family, wealthy family, and wasn't just a philanthropist. He, he used his life to his life and the, the philanthropy to direct philanthropists in the right direction, to, to build out PBS, to build out programming for kids that actually cares for them, to talk about racial issues. Yep. So go a little deeper on, on Mr. Rogers. That's, that's interesting. And, you know, I think there's so many things to appreciate, but I think two of the things that stand out for me is I admire him as an innovator, as someone who at the time, what he was doing was really radical. And I think one of the documentaries does a great job of showing when um, racial integration was occurring, I believe in the 60s. And, you know, there was that horrific scene of, of a, man, a white man coming out and pouring bleach in the pool that black people were in. And the very next episode is him with one of the black actors and then both putting their feet in a, in a kiddie pool. And it's just a it was just like so cutting edge at the time. And, and as an entrepreneur, I really admire other innovators. And, and he was just way ahead of his time there. And then the, the second piece that stood out to me was I, I admire that he kept things simple. And by that, I mean, like, it seems like the foundation that drove him from the start is I love you just the way you are. You are special just the way you are. And that theme continues now, what, 30, 40, 50 years later. It's like the through thread that is powerful. And one last thing I'll say is that as an entrepreneur, I often get distracted trying to do too much. And he's just a great reminder of like, always keep your mission simple. Always keep your, your foundation simple and build from that. Absolutely. That scene with, um, I think it was uh, Francoise Clemens, and I know him because he he taught at my university back in, um, or he was a guest <laughs> performer crazy. or whatever. He had this gorgeous singing voice, uh, an officer Clemens, but it was just, you know, just a, a guy. And, and Mr. Rogers said, hey, come, come dip your feet in the pool. But that context is beautiful. And I had forgotten about the context of how brutal it was in society and, and how simple uh, Mr. Rogers' powerful solution was. That's really neat. So, and speaking of which, what makes Justin anything like Mr. Rogers? So you, you served on a submarine. I hadn't heard that before. That's wild. I'd love to hear more about that. You serve in your current job in a way. You're serving clients all the time. What's your greater mission? How are you kind of, you know, pushing that forward with your work? I think at least from an aspirational standpoint, the the piece for me that I aspire to be like, like Fred Rogers is from what I understand of him, he had incredible presence, you know, and no matter who he was with, a three-year-old, a 30-year-old, he just gave them his full attention, which I'm learning more and more is such a gift. And it's, it is hard for me. I feel like I've got a little bit of ADD. I'm always kind of distracted by what I'm thinking with. And it can be easy for me to be mentally multitasking when I'm with people, especially in this Zoom environment. I'll catch myself sometimes I'm on a call and then I'm checking email and I'm doing these other things. And so I think from an aspirational standpoint, the piece that I want to pull from Fred Rogers, most of all, is that sense of presence. Like if I'm connecting with someone, let me give them everything. Let me not be multitasking. Let me really be listening to them, showing up, seeing who they are, being curious, 
rather than pushing my agenda, rather than trying to get on to the next thing, rather than trying to do two things simultaneous. So that's the most aspirational piece that I've taken away from him. So uh, what were you talking about? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, what I think is interesting is Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers was able to look at the new medium of television and think about how to actually be there for children, which it turned out he was, which is remarkable for, for me to have realized kids whose parents were away working or, you know, and it's the, the latchkey kids end up, you know, in front of the TV and, or any of us who ended up just sitting there at any time. And there was a connection through the television, which is almost impossible. Uh, my father always talks, uh, my father, a physician, works with developmentally disabled kids or did until he retired this year always talks about some study, I'll have to go look that up, but there's a study about how children respond to Mr. Rogers versus a cartoon and, mm. you know, how many frames per second and how it, and it's, it's, it's like crack cocaine versus mm -hmm. uh, just kind of a calm presence. It's, it's a really interesting thought about society. How do we calm things down? Yeah. And I like that you connected it to Zoom. Because now our entire world, my dog is over here going like, dude, why are you staring at the, the screen at that box <laughs> yeah. for 12 hours a day? Like, could, could we do something? Anything. Let's do mm -hmm. anything. And he nudges me and he's like, come on, are you ready yet? No, he's going to sit there. And yet we believe we're doing things. So it's this, you know, what, what makes Zoom real? What makes mm -hmm. uh, existence real? So let me, let me turn the corner towards your business life because you're also thinking about how do you you know get ahead with your business how do you get your message out how do you get your story out how do you advertise in a way that's not sketchy yep and that is also something that mr rogers did very well which is get the word out get the audience yep. up get the numbers up <laughs> yep. all of that yeah so you know the, the company's name is captivate.ai and I, and I feel like that word captivate ha holds so much meaning for me because at the end of the day, the, the question that caused me to start it is how in, in modern day, how do brands and individuals, how do they captivate their community and potential customers with so much noise? How do you slice through that and gain attention? And one of the things that I found is that in order to do that, brands have to be consistent. They have to be publishing content very frequently. They need to be top of mind when someone's ready to work with them. And what we found is the way to do that is not through constant bombardment of advertising. The way to do that is through consistently adding value, consistently building a relationship. You know, you look at the conversation that we're having here and even in a very short amount of time, there's a few snippets of our conversation that are just gems. They're, they're great insights. They're thought-provoking. They might help someone in their personal or professional life. And so with someone like Kent and Randy, what we would do is we'd take this episode, we would chop it up and find those gems. We would turn it into short videos and graphics for social media. And that allows Kent and Randy to consistently publish you know, five posts a week or five posts a month, whatever their cadence is, but just adding value. If you're an entrepreneur, here's an insight. If you're looking to have a deeper personal life, here's an insight. And that's really what's driving us is 
empowering brands instead of constantly advertising and marketing, look, just add value to your community. You know what your, your customers want to learn about. Teach them that for free. And over time, you can build up a relationship. And when the customer is ready to work with someone, you'll be top of mind and you have a greater, greater probability that they'll work with you. I like that. I also like that for folks listening, I love pitches that aren't pitches. Yeah. If you can stand in conviction and be like, okay, here's what my company does. Here's what I do. And it actually fits into the conversation here. I like that, that, that level of authenticity. Thank you. And I wanted to dive in on the, the, the gems part, because what makes something a gem? And, and I'm, I'm obsessed with this. I feel like, you know, great thought leaders walk down the street and they say something to, to somebody on the you know, street corner and, and it's lost yeah. almost. Well, it's, maybe it's, it's put out there, but it's, it's eaten up. It won't come back. And yet some of the greatest thought leaders like um, might seem random, but Martin Luther, like people would, people liked the guys so much they would sit down at dinner with him and write notes about exactly what he said. And then that's been published and it, it's kept through however many hundred years since, mm -hmm. since he died. That's kind of neat. And I like that the work you do isolates the gems, but who says it's a gem and how do you find those? So two things, one of them is tech, one of them is non-tech. The, the first one is we use a lot of analytics. And as far as I know, we're the only ones taking this approach where not only are we giving our clients these, these gems or what we think are gems, but we're tracking to see how it performs. So as they publish content through our platform, we're just looking to see, okay, which one gets the most views, the most likes, the most comments. We're not trying to manufacture virality. I don't think that's possible but we're getting you a lot of lottery tickets so that maybe one out of 10, one out of 20 clips really strikes a chord and then our system starts to get smarter. What was it that made that clip great? We can look at the transcript, we can look at the length of the video, we can look at different elements and start to tease out to train our system on what gems for a unique audience resonate because everyone's audience is also different. So that's the tech side. The second piece is the non-tech side, which is we use a lot of technology at Captivate.ai, but a lot of this initial process is human. We have people watching videos because what we found is that it's not just the transcript that makes the gem. Like in our conversation, there may be a clip where Kent says something and I laugh or he might, I might say something and he may respond in some way visibly. And so we're looking for those visual cues as well, that there's a playful interaction, there's a deep conversation. It's not just about the words being said, it's also about the, the interaction. And that's the non-tech piece of what we're doing. Okay, so one of the things that my clients ask me all the time, and I'm going to ask you, so ROI, return on investment. So somebody works with you, you, you do this magical AI and, and human interaction to create nice little posts. How does somebody monetize that? Yep, it's, it's the age-old question that's been asked of content marketing since content marketing existed. And I think HubSpot has probably faced a, a similar challenge. You know, you could ask the same of, of blog posts. You could ask the same of just social media in general. And I think that we are oftentimes top of funnel, right? So if someone is posting, let's say someone's customers are on LinkedIn and Instagram, 
we're going to give them a lot of ammo to deploy quality content on those two channels. And it is difficult to measure, but I think all of our clients see that they start to get more inbounds. They start to get more partnerships. They start to get more customers. And so it's always difficult to track and say, hey, if someone watches 20 LinkedIn videos, do they eventually become a customer? But I'll I'll tell you just from my own standpoint, because I do this as well with Captivate, I post videos from all the podcasts I do. I post graphics. I had someone, this is now two months ago, reach out. They became a $30,000 a year customer for Captivate, one of our larger clients. This person never once liked a video. He never once commented on a video, but he reached out. He sent me an uh, an email on LinkedIn and said, hey, I've been watching your stuff. I really want to do this. Let's work together. So I think it's the faith that like if you're adding value genuinely, if you're really giving back, that eventually comes back around. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But this person for two months was watching my content. And when the time was right for them, they reached out and there was no selling involved. He said, I know I know what you do because you've been talking about it. You've been demonstrating it. So I know that's a soft answer, but I would argue that content marketing in general faces this challenge. And I think there's a lot of great companies trying to close the loop on attribution, but I think we still have a long way to go there just as an industry. Okay, that's really good. Thank you for that, Justin. We hear very often about people who are chasing likes and smiley faces and emojis and none of that actually indicates the success of the content. And you've just given a really good example of somebody who wouldn't comment or put a thumbs up or smiley faces and yet was into the content and became a client and i think that's the the way we have to think about uh, content marketing so justin how can people find you and what sort of person would you absolutely love to be talking to today so they can find me at captivate.ai if you fill out a demo request that that still gets to me directly or my email is justin at captivate.ai um, honestly, so I'll give you two answers to that. First of all, I I love connecting with people, even if it's not a good fit for Captivate, because I learn on every call about marketing. I learn more about industry, size of companies. There's always a lot of good that comes from me. So that's just a catch-all to say, if you're listening to this, I'd love to connect with you. In general, we tend to work best right now with companies that have about 20 to 100 employees. Because generally, that size of company has a marketing team to deploy this on multiple social channels. They have the infrastructure to get this going. That said, we do have a self-service plan where we're experimenting with much smaller companies. I love the solopreneurs. I love the people who are willing to hustle. And so oftentimes, we can be a really big help to less than 10-person companies as well. So it goes back to my first point of if if what I'm saying sounds interesting, I'd love to have a conversation. And if I can't help you, I'll try to point you to someone who can. So I appreciate chatting with you, Justin. Really amazing insights. And um, especially all the stuff about Mr. Rogers um, and, and so forth. Um, and also, I just want to tie things back and say, you know, you're, it, it sounds like the name of your company, you know, uh, which you know, people should do a deep dive on dictionary definitions. Um, but it's all about charming and 
take prisoner but by charm or beauty or good things. So I, I love the idea of captivate. And uh, this was a captivating conversation. Thank you. I love that observation too. That's, that's a great, uh, I'm going to end up using that on a sales pitch. So thank you for that. <laughs> All right. Take care. Thanks for talking to me. This has been such a wonderful conversation today. It was surprising. It was intriguing. It was interesting. And this is just an example of the types of guests that we have on the Thought Leader podcast. And we would love you to subscribe so you get to hear the next issue. Or you can visit our our website. Our website is thoughtpartnergroup.com. And at the top, you'll see a little button that says, take the assessment. In one minute, you can take the assessment and get a response from us. We'll read everyone. All right. Take care. Have a good life. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you.